Grand rising, everyone. Natalie Comanche Labs, Bird and Coffee, Cup of Coffee here. Ah, yum. I got all dolled up for you guys today. <laughs> okay, too funny. All right. So we're on the Emerald Tablet um, Alchemy for Personal Transformation. Um, what I do see occurring is a deep, deep, deep rise for this work. And I think that it's starting to be um, even more pressing and relevant because we do see that the world and things are starting to shift and change in big, ginormous ways, especially um, in Australia. And I think we see that because people are feeling very forced there um, to live a certain way. They're feeling um, pressured. They're feeling the anxiety. Um, and some people don't want to be forced into things. And I don't blame them. Who wants to be? Good morning, Kamar. Good morning, Christina. Who wants to be forced into doing things? Well, no one. We should have choice, right? That's our God-given right. Um, whether you choose to um, do this or that, it's up to you. And, and that's in anything in life, right? And I think Christina has, had asked the other day about choice. How do I know teaching this information that people are going to misuse it. Well, they can. And then that's, I mean, anything can be misused. I can take this mug and misuse it too, right? It's a choice. I could take this mug, right? And I can use it to hit somebody with it. But I don't and I won't. And I choose to actually drink from the cup, right? As a tool. But so we have a choice in how we engage in everything and that and, and everybody knows that even if I'm teaching. So when they took this information away, they did it for control. They said, well, we don't think everybody can handle this information and it's 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 too much of a detriment. But the reality is, is that people will not most people again, ninety nine point nine nine percent of the population will not go as deep as they can possibly go with this information because it's a lot and it's hard. It's not because, oh, somebody's better or this or that, or because it's for the chosen few. It's because no, people won't choose to go down that path because it's not fun. It's not easy. You know, it's a hard road. It really is. <laughs> Just think about like, okay, so when we look at the Wizard of Oz, that's a good movie to talk about. They're like, just follow the yellow brick road. It's easy right? Just go to Emerald City and that you follow the yellow brick road. Along the path, it wasn't easy. You see, the path sounds beautiful, right? It sounds beautiful. Oh, walk down the golden path. Oh, that sounds so awesome. And then along the way, <laughs> you have witches and you have trees that throw plants at you. You have the, the uh, what was it? The, the wicked uh, gardens. I don't know what it was called, right? You run into poppy seeds where you fall asleep forever and never wake up, you run into all of these creatures along the golden road. And when you hit the Emerald City, it too is not the truth, right? There's the illusion still lives within the Emerald City. So you've got to understand that the, the golden road that we take is not beautiful. Along the path, it's very hard. It's difficult. We're going through challenging times. And we see this happening in Australia. Good morning, uh, Prince Mighty. In, in Australia, where they're really, really struggling. There's, there's a lot of, there's a need for people to start to think creative, creatively. How do I 
get out of this situation that I don't feel, I don't want to be coerced into. I don't want to be pushed into. I don't want to be told that I have to do something. I want to be able to choose. That is our right. Now, the consequences of our choices, there are those. And so we get to take responsibility for the choices that we make, right? So being forced upon, nobody likes that. I mean, think about all the things that have been forced upon humanity. Does anybody like it? Is it comfortable? No. Okay. So we see that. We see that that is happening right now. Um, I think it's timely. And I think that people are looking for a way. They have the way. They just don't know it. That's really, that's really it. Everybody has a way. Everybody has a way and their way. And they're just not sure how to tap into that. And so, again, that's what we're doing here. How do you tap into that so you can find your way? And it may not just be, I know a, a lot in America, it's not as much as forced upon, right? It's more like it is a choice. Um, but how do you work within these systems? What? How do we maneuver through? And I know... Um, you had brought up Christina game theory. Well, they use game theory, but there's one thing that they never can understand, and that's the imagination. That's what, what we've been talking about. They can't account for the imagination because they can't, they don't recognize everybody's imagination. They don't know what's going through your mind. You're unique, you, uniquely you in that way. And when people come together, right, and they're like, no, this isn't right. They don't account for the things that are going to be done. They can't. They couldn't account for every possible scenario. I don't know that there's an algorithm that can tell us what the active imagination was going to do. It's the trickster in the story line. We need the trickster. We don't like the trickster. It's uncomfortable, but the trickster provides an opportunity where nobody sees any. A whole new scenario arises out of the trickster energy where we think there's none and the imagination then starts to get split apart and then we start to see things from a different perspective and we're able to shift out of these uncomfortable situations we have the opportunity to do that will we do it before we uh, get rid of ourselves who knows the human species is an interesting species right okay so let's continue on so how do we Find the first hidden matter. We must become wise, a sage like myself, in the words of Hermes, to recognize it. Even today, most people overlook it, regard it as worthless. The first matter is part of the magic connection to nature that we lost when we became adulterated, both as individuals and as societies, and explains a culture's wasteland in which we find ourselves. The miraculous first matter is the cornerstone which the builders rejected. Just as eight vertices defined in the cubic stone, so do the eight lines of the section of the emerald tablet define rubrics cube. And by examining the riddle in these words, we can isolate the material required to begin alchemic transformation. Nothing was more important to the alchemist than the first matter, for without actuating enough of this fleeting substance, all their experiments, whether physical, psychological, or spiritual in nature, were doomed to failure. Okay, so the Rubik, uh, let me go back up here because I didn't read this. Let me see, the, the consecration of the universe is inherited strength 
is preferred if it is turned into earth. The rubric conveys a feeling of some inscrutable force being born. It was very uh, titillating, I don't know what that word is, sorry, to the alchemists because um, they believed it contained instructions for the accumulating and purifying of the first matter, which is what they called the one thing. By using the term, they emphasize that it is a pre-existing substance hidden in the everyday world. With it, they could work. Their drawings of 10 um, depict the first matter as a square stone or a cube that sometimes dangles by a rope from the above called the cubic stone. It is part of the sacred geometry of space and is both the subject and the solution of the third rubric. The philosopher Saxus, uh, Saxius philosophy of the great small world. The German alchemist Persisius wrote, "Know therefore that they uh, that the no sorry guys, <laughs> know therefore that the said first matter is ultimately nothing but an invisible box full of great force and power. We could call this like the black box. There's something called the black box." Um, and the black box is the hit where the hidden matter is. Okay. Or the first matter. What happens in the black box? We don't know, right? Good morning, Tulia. So again, the, the, the first matter is what we were working with. What's important here. Okay. And understanding the first matter, um, and, purifying the things that we do to get to the first matter becomes the purification of the vessel now people took it as you know base metals into gold when they were talking about purifying the body the vessel now we have stories in myth that people live for millions of years whatever thousands of years and um you know that depends i mean how were they calculating time right it could have been lunar time um it could have been, you know, by the months, right? So every lunar um, full moon was a, a birth. I don't know. Um, but how are they equating time to how long a person lived? Well, we don't know. But if they were doing it the way that we do it now and they were living thousands of years, well, how? Well, probably because they were purifying their bodies. Right now, we are in such a toxic environment, believe it or not. We are. We exist in a toxic environment. Our bodies have really we should be very proud of our bodies for how long they allow us to live in this environment that we are creating our environment has very been very polluted with chemicals and all that stuff that's why cancer is on the rise all this other stuff the food we eat is full of toxins you know they're creating things in the in the lab they're they're bastardizing um nature basically if we let go Let's just say humans just disappeared off the planet um, and we had harmony with that plants and animals the way it should be. Um, fungi would probably take over. Now, fungi being the consciousness of the planet. Fungi is really cool. You guys don't know. There's a, a movie on Netflix right now about the magical kingdom of fungi or something like that. I mean, it's really quite phenomenal mushrooms, right? magic mushrooms, all these things, the mushrooms being the offspring of the consciousness of the earth, believe it or not. It's really freaking cool. 
Now, um, the fungi has whole systems that are connected to the earth and they talk to each other. And it's an actual conscious thing, conscious being. Mushrooms are conscious beings, literally. Well, and there's, I mean, everything is if you think of it that way, but it, it is the consciousness of the earth. I, be, I believe that to be true. So if you, if you looked and you'd seen how the system works, it's almost like these neural pathways, like our brain. We could say that the fungi is the brain of the, of the planet, right? And so right now, if we were to disappear, the fungi would take over and it would restore, right? It would use those toxins to restore it, to heal it, to heal the planet. So we right now are living in such a toxic environment. Now our vessels become very important, our bodies, because that is the one gift that is ours. It belongs to us. We were gifted this body. How do we allow ourselves to purify ourselves? How do we turn ourselves into light? Okay, so when we think about light, it could be like floating, right? It, it doesn't have to be like the bright light. It could be like light, like I feel light. Well, notice when you eat, you feel dense, you feel heavy, right? After a certain meal, you feel heavy. You feel weighted down. So food is an important part of it. How we eat and how we um, work with our vessel. Our vessel is the philosopher's stone, right? We can find the philosopher's stone within ourselves. But if we're not working with ourselves as the, um, <laughs> the lab, right? This is our lab and we're trying to figure out what is the right dosage? What, do I, what plants do I eat? What herbs? Well, we used to have that system. And in fact, they do. The Ayurvedic system, probably one of the, the most comprehensive cool systems that is really there to heal. And that's what we should be using food for, healing, right? And we've changed. The culture's changed. Why? Because if they keep us toxic, they can control us, right? That, that's the way it is. So the food is critical. And how we eat and what we eat is really critical. And it's the hardest thing to do. That's the, I, to me, that's harder than even sex and all these other things, right? Hey, P-Man. Hey, guys. Hey, Lil. Is it Lil? Good morning. So when we look at what they call, quote unquote, sin, right? Um, that sin is really just an overindulgence of something. I mean, each one of them has something that's called overindulgence, right? If we looked at lust and all these things, now gluttony being one of them, okay, it's one of them that they name. Now, what does it mean? Sin is not, oh, you're going to the pits of hell. No, it means that you're causing your own health, your own suffering because you're overindulging and there's a consequence for overindulgence, right? You know how it is. If we overeat, we feel like shit. We don't feel good. Who feels good after <laughs> overeating? Nobody. There, no one. If you overindulge in alcohol, no one feels good. If you overindulge in drugs, no one feels good. Um, if you overindulge in sex, eventually no one feels good or psychos start to arise, right? <laughs> People cling or, you know, it's over, over, over. And before you know it, your head is so polluted because you've overindulged and you created your own hell. Okay. So we can untangle that by recognizing first that that's what's going on. The overindulgence weighs us down. The overindulgence puts us deeper into the heavy matter. So we have to lighten the load. In other words, we have to let it go. 
Okay. Now it's a tricky one because some people are um so enlightened and what they end up doing is they end up indulging in vanity. Vanity and pride. And that weighs them down. You see, so it's a tricky thing to purify the soul, the body, the spirit, all of this stuff. Well, we'll say that the, the soul and the spirit are purified. But to allow our emotions, our physical body, right? Our mental body, our subtle body. So we have the subtle body, the gross body. We have all these different bodies to purify them becomes the trick. And in my personal opinion, I think food is the hardest one. Because we we have to eat or we'll die. So we eat just enough. And there's a movie, and I told you guys about it before. It's called Spirited Away. Watch that movie. It gives you a good idea about what I'm talking about when it comes to food, light and heavy. The parents overeat and they become so dense. And then the the child is just eating enough to stay alive and not fully disappear. So again, food is allows us to purify the body but we've lost all that information where is that information gone they've created this pyramid and don't get me started on maslow's maslow's hierarchy of needs that to me is like i don't even know why that's even in in our system anymore they should not be teaching that that's my that's an opinion yes it is um but i have reasons for putting that opinion and i'm just letting you know i'm putting my opinion in spirit and coffee i try not to but Maslow's hierarchy of needs is a detriment to our society. It really screwed us up. We didn't need that. We already had a system. The, the ancient teachers taught us how to use the chakra system. And Maslow just puts a pyramid on it and says, hey, let's make this a patriarchal system. It's not. It's a flowing, an ebb and flow of back and forth. It's not just one thing. And he says, oh, no, we got to start from the base. And uh, we're just, and it becomes this patriarchal, patriarchal model, totally takes out the matriarch. We have to nourish our brains as well. Our, we have to nourish our emotions. And that was taken out of the whole system. And it was just about food. And, oh, maybe survival, because he did talk about survival. He basically used the chakra system and put a pyramid over it, which did, to me is like, oh, my God. And then people thought, oh, my God, this is amazing. Let's teach it to the entire school system forever. Sorry, don't get, <laughs> just don't get me started on how all these guys used alchemy and then acted like they found some profound thing and that they created all these systems. And all those systems that were created were to keep us under control. See? Here, eat all this gluten. Now we know that gluten is not good. It it causes inflammation. Okay, so I'm not going to get into the whole food thing because there's there's um if you guys are interested in the food stuff, you can start. There's a book called um, Arnold Errett. Um, he does the mucusless healing system or mucus yeah mucusless healing system, and he really it's almost like an ayurvedic process where they um learn to clear out the obstruction in the body to purify the body to purify the vessel it's the hardest i believe one to get through it, it's really the hardest channel to get through is the food some might disagree and maybe that's because it's just harder for me but i feel like we have to eat and when we start to let go of all these other things 
it's uh, what is it, what happens, right? And we start to let go of the overindulgence of maybe lust and sex and desire. And maybe we let go of the, um, uh, what are the other ones, of sloth, just sleeping around and not wanting to do anything or, you know, like all of the ones that they name right? It doesn't make you a bad person. We all, we all have it, right? We all, everybody does. It's just, how do we engage it? How do we move through? How do we purify it? How do we get to the first matter where we can purify our bodies, where we can work with purifying it? It's a daily process, right? It's a day-to-day thing. For me, where I'm at in my process is food. Food is a hard one and I've done pretty good right? But there's still things that I can do to to purify my body. And it's an ongoing process. It's a never ending process. Also the emotions, right? Everything. Spirit, mind, body. And when one is out of alignment, the whole system starts to drop. And then we start to go down into the deep, deep, dense matter where depression and anxiety and all that thrive. So we have to look at where in the system do I need to adjust? What is it? Okay, we have a couple of things. The toxins are everywhere. Our immune systems are so remarkable. Scratch that. Our bodies are amazing. Yeah, uh, I need that. Yes. So we can we can purify ourselves, and the body is great at purifying it. And isn't it cool to know that our body purifies the toxins out of our body without us having to do anything? Imagine if we had to be the ones to do that and manage all that. I'd be dead. I can't even manage to keep a plant alive for some reason. (laughs) I am struggling with plants for some reason. I don't know what it is. I used to be really good and now it's not so good. But if we had to be the controllers of that, no, it naturally does that. Our body naturally detoxifies. So what are we putting in our bodies and how are we setting it up? Really, really important. How do we get to the first matter? Okay. And and how do we walk the golden path? Now, remember, on each side of the golden path, there's probably some craziness going on. And we might have to engage it sometimes. And that's the hero's journey. And that goes into a whole nother lecture that I'm not going to get into. Okay. Four elements from the one thing. According to the ancients, the first matter has a fourfold structure which they attributed to the existence of the four archetypal forces or elements of creation, okay? And this is really easy, and we talk about this all the time, which they named earth, water, air, and fire. Obviously, the four elements of the alchemist are not our everyday ideas of earth, water, air, or fire. Nor would any alchemist have proposed that all the matter was made up of the combinations of those common substances. It is as if the one mind imposed a fourfold image on the one thing to incarnate or create matter. The four elements are named for those fundamental archetypes within matter and are symbolic of the hidden qualities of physical reality as revealed in the tablet. The sequence of the creation of the elements is the one thing is revealed in the third rubric. Fire is mentioned first, then water, then air, and then earth. Um, uh, the Polish alchemist Michael uh, summarized this view of the Emerald Tablet when he said, There are four common elements, and each has its center, another element, the archetype, which makes it what it is. These are the four pillars of the world. Um, they were the, in the beginning evolved and molded out of chaos, the one thing. 
Okay, so we get into the chaos, which um, we talk about is the sacred feminine. So born out of the feminine, where the goddess then has not, has been chained up and acted as though she doesn't exist. Everything has been very, very masculine dominant in this three-dimensional time space. Big problem there because we're not honoring the sacred feminine, okay? Talk about that a lot. Once we do, we allow, we open up our imagination and we allow chaos to come in. Now, chaos is uncomfortable, um, but we learn to create order in the disorder. And that's where the magic happens. How do we create order out of disorder? How do we create, and that would be our magic, right? That would be our, our, our magic. And so we create. And we create from the elements. Now, when they talk about the one thing um, being earth, water, air, fire, we find this process in everything, in all systems. Because spiritual alchemy, again, has been the, the foundational understanding of the world to co-create with the divine. So we see earth, water, air, fire in many systems, including tarot. That is the best way to understand what that means internally for our system. Now we can apply it to create uh, outside, but then again, this is spiritual alchemy, okay? And it's wisdom for personal transformation, right? Esoteric wisdom. Now the esoteric wisdom says, earth, water, air, fire lives within us. What does that mean? There is a movie I used to watch all the time. Me and my sister are like, probably no word for word this movie is we've watched it a million times all the time just re had it on constant replay it's called the last dragon and it was with bruce leroy and it, i think it was like a kind of like a uh a spoof on you know um the last dragon anyway the one part of the show said the guy goes hot head needs cool water okay hot head needs cool water so in the system of kung fu right which do i do kung fu we have these elements that we work with hot head means that the fire has risen to the head and it is causing anger frustration um you know it's uncontrollable so we see it in cartoons see cartoons use this as well they use the elements. We look at Marvel, look everywhere. You'll see that they use the spiritual alchemic process in all of their storylines. So the fire we see sometimes when they're hothead, right? They go, and then there's steam that comes out. Well, the steam's coming out because really hothead needs cool water. When we talk about cool water, our brain should be water. It should be like water, fluid, open. When the fire rises from the pit of our gut and it starts to extend further up into the head, we become angered and frustrated. So they depict it. They depict it in, in comics, in cartoons. The element of fire being the strongest element to work with. Not, it's not an easy energy. Why? Well, because it's the foundation of our ego. Fire is, could be pride, but it also can be courage. So we have, and then when we look at the elements, we have the shadow side and we have the light side and we start to look at them. 
working with the elements in both capacities to understand how to transmute and purify the energy within. If we allow the coolness to hit our head, right? And this could even be air. We can take in the air. And allow the heat to come out of our mouth. Or we talk about a fire breathing dragon where they. That's anger, right? We think of anger and we think of fury or we think of courage or we think of when we think of fire, right? We understand what these elements mean within us. Then we have our air, which is allows us, gives us voice. It, it gives us an opportunity to speak, to have voice and vibration. Breath being the ability to live, right? They called it spirit. That's where the word spirit came from, is the breath. Okay? So we have all these elements, and then our body is made of earth. So in our body, when we learn to transmute the energies of earth, water, air, fire, we start to, again, co-create. So there's many ways of looking at it, but the earth, water, air, fire being the base elements of an alchemic, spiritual alchemic process that we go through. And if you look at the tarot, it has all of the elements in it, right? And people are like, ooh, cups, pinnacles. They don't realize pinnacles means earth. It symbolizes coin, earth. So business matters, all those things, paperwork, um, whatever you want to call it, exists there. We have the swords, which is wind. It's also mental, too. We have water, which becomes the emotions. Those are the cups. And then we have the wands, which is fire, divine will. And we see this in the storyline of Moses as well. Moses has his staff, and there's a burning bush. See? It's part of the alchemic process. And it's everywhere. So we as spiritual alchemists work with the elements. And we look and you can say, what's off in my body? Where am I off in my body? Is it my emotions? Is it my mind? Is it my ego? And then as we look at it and we say, okay, where do I actually, where can I adjust? Where, where is it that I can help myself if i'm too fire if i'm too fire fire will just burn everything down okay fires can be crazy right we have fire we're like spitting fire right war is aries is connected to fire we look at the god of war right fire energy right poly the goddess right the volcano so you look at the volcanoes and you see that that spews, that volcano, like you see it, the molten, but when it spews out, it burns everything up in a way. It purifies through that transformation of the fire, the burning, the hot. And then we have water. And then you have what turns into air, right? The condensation that comes off of that, the particles that then turn into air. And we have a new earth created. We could see it with volcanoes. 
Holly, you could see it in the in the the goddesses or you know whatever it is. You go on and on and on. You have the water. What is the water, right? We have water goddesses or we have you know, and everything was tied to goddesses and, and now it's gods, right? Because we have the whole Greek mythology that was very patriarchal and that came and that transferred over here. When we see Romans and Greek, we see the influence of that in the United States and it, it, it was very patriarchal. And so we see the system of patriarch. Now there's nothing wrong with patriarch, um, but what's happened is the patriarch has totally disrespected and disregarded the, the matriarch and, and has uh, tried to devour that or burn it up. And we right now, so a cool thing that's happening with the elements and we see a rise in this is the rise of the phoenix, right? Which has been a common theme that's been showing up for me. People have told me, oh, you're like the phoenix. I More than one person. I'm like, oh okay the phoenix wants to talk the phoenix being the the death and the rebirth and the sacred feminine holding the ability to do that now we see this in storylines all over the place right now the phoenix is a huge one why because we're we're starving as a society for this death and rebirth we are just ready for it and, and the sacred feminine is ready to be reborn. That's really what it is. She's like, all right, I'm going to burn up. And then I'm going to be reborn. And you will see my magnificence, right? So it's happening. Now, this is not, uh, just so you know, the phoenix. Uh, yeah, no, the phoenix, not the butterfly. The phoenix is um, fire energy. The phoenix is the representation of death and rebirth through fire. The purification of life, of death and rebirth. So we have, so thanks to Man, but we have a bunch of different um, symbologies around um, transformation or transmutation. Okay. The phoenix right now is the one that has been in all the storylines. I mean, just look at it. If you actually watch movies, it's the rise of the phoenix, right? We've seen it. Um, the phoenix... Uh, in Marvel and all these comics that are coming up, the movies that are coming up are about the Phoenix. Um, even in, um, what was it? Not, um, what, oh, what was Maleficent? She's, she herself was tied to the Phoenix, right? They showed that in that movie. Everything's about the Phoenix right now. And the Phoenix is that fire energy. The goddess fire energy. Goddess fire energy is not something you want to mess with. It's not. The goddess in her fire energy. Also, Sekhmet is a big one for the fire. Fire. So there's all these different type of goddesses to describe what it is. And the phoenix, again, rises from the ashes. So right now, it's like, uh, oh, yes. And then Harry Potter uses the, the phoenix as well in Gryffindor. Right. And we have um, Dumbledore, who's uh, who who uses the Phoenix. So she, the writer of that book, understood spiritual alchemy. And that's all it is. That's why I love the movie. The entire movie is about spiritual alchemy. That's she really just took all of everything from spiritual alchemy and she put it in a book. You see, they're using this stuff and then everybody loves it. They think it's magical and it's not. It's true. We can use it. <laughs> So for me, because I am Slytherin, 
<laughs> Pure blood. <laughs> Would say Snape was the, the greatest alchemist out of everyone. He uh, understood how to transmute the darkness into light, which was really awesome, and protect those that he could as long as he could by transmuting. We also see the image of this in um, Doctor Strange. So again, the phoenix being fire, and fire is really a very, very, very hard energy to work with. It is probably the hardest element. So we look at it and we say, well, how much do we need? Maybe we need some emotion on this. Maybe we're, we're too hot right now and we, we need to pour some water. And that would be like our emotions. And maybe we're burning out our emotions and that's why we're so hard. And sometimes we're too emotional. Maybe we're drowning out our fire so we don't have any will. And if you looked at it, be tied to depression, right? Water may be depression. Okay. And we can say that anxiety and other things are fire. Too much fire. And, and suffocating out all the water and the emotion. Okay. So we can use this to purify our body. That is what the elements are for. That is what spiritual alchemists did. And then, of course, they used it for other things and they started to bastardize it. And now we have craziness going on right now where they're telling us that they're trying to force us to put their alchemy, their chemistry in our bodies. For those of you who want to do it, it's fine. No, no judgments, no nothing. Um, I just personally don't trust anybody's alchemy. That's just a personal choice, and we all have that choice, and that's why. Because I don't know what's going in it. And I I know pretty much everything that's almost everything that's going in my body. Like, I control what goes in my mouth and my body. And um, I know what's going in my body, and I don't know that I trust other people's alchemy. I don't, in fact. It wasn't made with my hands. Don't know what's going into it. <laughs> So they could totally mess it up. What if they were in a bad mood? The alchemists believed that even as we were making our elixirs, that if they were making an elixir, the intentionality and the feelings and emotions behind it literally could change the way that the product showed up. And that's true when we think about it, when we talk about food. You know, when somebody makes hot chili, they're like, they must have been pissed. <laughs> that's something we say in New Mexico because we have chili here. They must have been mad. Were they angry? Or there's just something about their cooking. What did you do? I put love into it. They didn't maybe do anything that was special except put love in. And the intention actually seeped through to the food and it made it taste that much. You can taste the intention almost. So we don't know the intention of these people. What if they were having a bad day? What if they thought they'd put a little bit more because they weren't feeling good and they don't care anymore? Who knows? Maybe they weren't even, they, maybe they were careless. Maybe their intention was, I don't really care. I'm just going to do whatever. We, maybe they were tired, right? I don't know what's going into it. So I literally, no, that's, that's for me. So for you, it's what are you going to put in your body and how are you going to use that? Careful what you eat and who you eat. Yeah. So it's very important. Okay. There you go. Um, we will continue on this. We're on page 71. Um, and it's, it's fathers in the sun. 
and then we're almost done with that piece and then we're going to be its father is in the sun oh no that's next so we're going to continue on with this all right so again it is alchemy uh the emerald tablet alchemy for personal transformation i highly recommend you get the book and read it i'm still going to read it on here it's just going to take forever okay also if you guys uh there's very few of you out here but we're having a retreat in january and you guys are welcome to be a part of that um i uh for those on the podbean i guess i don't know how i can send information to individuals on podbean but um if you go to spirit and coffee talk uh facebook um you will see the link to register if you want to be a part of that it would be awesome to have you there we have some amazing speakers um i'm super excited it is a spiritual alchemy a professional development um series retreat uh and really trying to get individuals the masses to start to at least understand the process of spiritual alchemy what it means knowing that it's not a religion but it is ourself how do we take care of ourselves? how do we allow ourselves to live our divine purpose okay so there you go love you guys have the most amazing day ever um i will not be seeing you tomorrow because i work tomorrow um but i will be seeing you guys on monday okay bye, -bye.